what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I am your host, Paul Aguilar. We really appreciate you guys stopping in. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and make sure you subscribe and hit that bell icon. Um, also hit that thumbs up button for us. That'll really help us out. Um, if you guys are on the go as well, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts at Truth Defender Podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you guys can find us on Twitter at Defender Podcast, Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast. And if you guys have any questions or comments for myself, our guests, any guests or topic recommendations, you guys can email us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Charlie Robinson. Charlie Robinson is the author of The Octopus of Global Control, which was released back in 2017, uh, a controversial and humorous book that takes quotes from over 500 witnesses to some of history's greatest events and uses them to place together and expose a century-long plan for world domination. Uh, he also had a front row seat to the fraud and corruption in the mortgage industry during his career in Las Vegas real estate. And he credits John Perkins' book, Confessions of the Economic Hitman, as the final piece of the puzzle that helped him to really see how the American government operates as the enforcement arm of the multinational companies. Uh, we also have a podcast by the name of Macroaggressions. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just started it in March, like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. No, I know everybody was um, kind of sitting around at home, not knowing what to do. So everybody kind of ran out and started podcasts as well. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is that mine, I actually started it and I started talking about it in December and I started working on it in January and I pre-recorded a bunch of, a bunch of episodes in February. And then, and then I released it. Like my first episode went out, I think like the first week, uh, March 7th. Right. And then like a couple of days later, everything went, you know, went off the rails with the coronavirus situation. And so I guess maybe my timing was okay. But uh, like you said, a lot of people were like, Hey, let's, let's do podcasting. I got free time, which is, which I think frankly is great. You know, the right. more people we get out there talking about these sorts of um, unusual topics and, and things that you don't hear on the nightly news, uh, sure. the better, you know, because we have to spread the awareness about it and, uh, and, and so uh, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, I was glad I wrote this book. I've got another one coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, but um, I, you know, I didn't, I never, I never thought that the things I was writing about would happen so quickly. Right. I thought they would happen. I mean, I lay out a pretty good case, but as far as things like ramping up and happening, um, you know, in 2020, sure. Whew, it's a little ahead of schedule for me, but uh, but it's here and we're living through the most interesting year of our lifetimes, that's for sure. Yeah, it all kind of hit, I mean, all at once, really. I mean, we had talked about coronavirus, things like that. You know, you hear people that say that they were pretty sure that coronavirus, well, it's actually come out now that it's actually, it had gone around the world a lot sooner than they had actually reported it, right? So like back in December, maybe November. Um, and I, I've spoken to a lot of people, I'm sure you have as well, that say that they believe they actually had the coronavirus already. Yeah. I'm one of them. Um, I believe my son and I had it back in December. I was sick like three times in December. You know, he was sick twice, um, really bad respiratory issues, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fortunately, we were able to get over it. Um, I don't know why it kind of skipped my wife. You know, she's here as well. She never got sick. But yeah. um, it was just my son and I. And you hear those kind of stories all over the place. Um, I've spoken to a number of people within my family and other people that I know, um, and you know, they have the same stories as well, which is yeah. Crazy. I've heard plenty of them. Yeah, there's a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I didn't feel very good in in December, in you know, and and I had this, you know, I had the sort of symptoms that they're talking about. 
Um, and yeah, it was rough and I got over it and, you know, I mean, look, I've had, I've had hardcore flu, you know, flus before too. And they're, they're no fun, but, um, boy, do we really need to shut the world down for no, this one? I, know. Just, I, I mean, it's, that. it's kind of, I mean, I'm not too keen on what, what the whole science is behind the coronavirus, but I mean, people die every year from, you know, all kinds of the flu and all kinds of things that, you know, that they just die every year. I never see anybody wearing masks here. I never see anything get shut down. Nobody cares. It's just part no. of, you know, which is probably what's going to end up happening now. Hopefully. I mean, you, you feel for the people that die, obviously, but um, it's going to have to just be one of those things that we're just going to have to live with. I hope, you know, hopefully not, but I mean, it's yeah. going to happen every year from now on. Yeah. Uh, it, if we're, I mean, if look, if we're, if we're st- sequestering ourselves in our houses, so that we don't go out in public and potentially hurt somebody, right. then what are we doing? Do we just give our cars back to, I mean, cause we, cause things can happen at any time. This is this legislating behavior to try and prevent injuries and death. It's okay. Nice. I, I get it that, that you know, they, we, we want to try and prevent these things, but, but the government's going to tell me, what that I can't go out and possibly infect people because that would hurt people while they simultaneously bomb the shit out of countries all over the world. I mean, come on. It's just the problem I have with this is the hypocrisy of it all right. that the government is saying, you know, they're standing and saying, well, you can do this and you can't do this. And you just look at, you go, uh, Oh, we all have to wear, don't wear masks. Oh, now right. you got to wear masks. Everybody's got to wear masks. Mask You're giving work, us this message on TV. Work. You're not wearing a mask. You know what I mean? It's just, it just, people are kind of, I feel like there's a large percentage of us that are seen through this, but there's still a big chunk that, that is willfully ignorant to the lies of the media that the, you know, they don't understand that big pharma is in a business to make money. They don't care about your health. They don't care about your wellness. In fact, if, if anything, they would prefer that you be immunocompromised because then they can keep selling you medicine all this time. So there's a, so the thing that woke me up and, and, and started me on this path where I wrote the book was nine 11 and building seven in particular, but I feel like this coronavirus situation might be the the new 911 um, not in the sense of knocking buildings down but in a sense that it's like there's so many questions about the actual real truth behind it that sure. a lot of people are going to go you know what i just don't trust the people that are telling me that giving me the narrative of the mainstream media and the government and and the cdc and the fda i think that might wind up waking up a lot of people sure. to to, to dig into some of these, um, you know, to dig into some of these organizations and find out if they're, if they're really who they say they are and what's the track record of this. You say, well, well, the World Health Organization has said that you've got to do X, Y, and Z. And you go, oh, okay, well, it says world and health. So they must be out there looking out for the health of the world. Well, then why did they get busted putting sterilants in the tetanus vaccine for over a dozen years that they were shipping off and um, to West Africa or to East Africa to do these studies in Kenya and surrounding countries. I mean, they denied it at first, but then they later admitted to it that it had been going on for a long, long time. So it's things like this and and social media start, we people start talking about these things and it's going to wake up a bunch of people to go, hang on a second. Is this true that the world health organization really did this? It is true. Right. Okay. That now they're telling us what we have to do with vaccines. Why would I ever listen to them? 
they put sterilants. They're trying to sterilize all of Africa. Right. And so, you know, so what does that make you a conspiracy theorist? Or does that make you a conspiracy <laughs> analyst? Because this isn't theoretical. These things are happening. So I think that this this coronavirus situation, and once we, you know, get past it, you know, let's say years later, we, we might look back on it as one of those moments in time that had a very, you know, had, had the ability to wake a lot of people up and, and prevent these sorts of things from happening, hopefully in the future, because people are aware of the scams or they're aware of the part, they're aware of the people that are involved in it. Like when you see Bill Gates come out and everyone's like, oh, Bill Gates, he's, you know, Microsoft, he's the richest man in the world and everything. You go, do you know who he is? I mean, yeah, do you look at India, look at Africa, what he's doing out there. I know, like ID 2020 is coming out. That's his, um, yep. I mean, so, I mean, like the who, right? So even if there was nothing going on with COVID, um, just see who they're aligned with, right? So they are like pretty much the mouthpiece of China. Yeah. Um, you know, so everything that they say, you know, they follow suit and they, they put all that information out. You know, obviously, like we're, we're discussing, so COVID probably came out last year, maybe end of November, you know, whatever. Now, they weren't reporting that it was actually out yet because China hadn't said anything. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they stepped in and they were like, hey, you know, can you cover for us? Maybe, you know, this and that under the table. Yeah, go for it. I got you. You know, I mean, who knows? But it's been proven that, you know, that they have serious ties to China, which is why we are pretty much on our way out from the who starting yeah. next year. So, yeah. And then and so then. Trump comes out and says, well, we're not going to finance the who anymore. You go, okay, well, I'm going to take all that money that I would have given to them. And I'm going to give it to Gavi, which is Bill Gates's vaccine division. Like, this is no better. Like, don't you understand? You're taking it from the same, you're taking it from one group of criminals and giving it to another group of criminals. Like what, this isn't, this isn't supposed to, you're not fixing anything. So we're in a, we're in a situation here where, where unfortunately the vast majority of people are, are so busy with their daily lives. And I understand this, of course, that, that they're not, you know, they're not digging down into the details of this, these sorts of topics. And, and normally it doesn't matter. You know, if you, if if somebody doesn't know about the who or whatever, it doesn't matter. But now when you're going to get a lecture from somebody at the grocery store, because you weren't wearing your mask, but they are wearing their mask and you want to just say to them, like, I'd love to just drag you out of here and debate you about this. It would be a bloodbath, you know, because you don't know anything. And right. yet now I've got to deal with you <laughs> and a totally uneducated person about any of these. And I'm not trying to say that I know it all. Believe me, I don't know it all. But right. I know I've known who these organizations are. I wrote about them in 2017. I've been involved in knowing about who they are for 10 years before that. But the, this is, you know, I... I can I can sh- I can go back and document where these organizations have have done some very nefarious things, and yet the the average person that you interact with on the street that's going to scream at you for not wearing a mask has no understanding of this. They don't know who they don't know why they're telling why they're mad at you. They just know that Fauci told them they've got to put a mask on. But right. then if you remind them, hey, you know what Fauci said first about the mask? He said it doesn't work. Needed, yeah, and you don't need it. Uh, how do I, how do I resolve that uh, conflict in my head where he said, what? so then it just becomes of, okay, what do you want to believe? Right. Because I got the guy saying two different things, the exact opposite things he, that it confirms he's lying about it. So which, which version do you want to believe? 
I, I choose to believe neither. If it's a guy like this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to him talk about anything. He says, Oh, don't wear the mask, wear the mask. Okay. You've, you've nullified yourself by, by giving conflicting statements about this when you're the expert that's making the decision, get the fuck out of here with it. You know what I mean? I just, I have no patience for, for that sort of stuff. But then unfortunately that's the information that people are, are, are gathering from watching CNN or MSNBC or Fox or whatever. And then they go out in the world with that information assuming that it's correct because they trust these sources, which they never should. And then you have to interact with people and then they're making business decisions based on this information. And I mean, it's like bailing out a boat with a big hole in it. You just, Mm. you're like, what's the point? You know, at some point, I I mean, I've been so frustrated with this that, Mm. uh, you know, you you just kind of throw your hands up at some point and go, well, listen, if you're going to be ignorant and stupid about this, then I, I'm not even going to waste my time trying to educate you on it because it just turns into a fight. We see it on social yeah. media and Twitter, people are calling each other, you know, all kinds of things. And, and it's, uh, you know, it would be funny if it wasn't so damn serious and right. that it has shut down this whole, um, shut down the whole economy. I mean, I wish we could go back to the days when we were just debating about the MMR vaccine. Right. Now we're talking about <laughs> mandatory coronavirus RNA vaccines that are essentially gene therapy that have never been tested on human beings being rushed out and make mandatory before you get on an airplane. Right. Well, you, I mean, crazy. Yeah. I mean, you hear, I'm not exactly sure how authentic this is, but I mean, you, I heard maybe last month, I think it was, they were testing these coronavirus vaccines in Africa as well. Um, and they had like a of handful, course, a handful always of, in Africa. <laughs> a handful of, they had like a handful of children. I think it was like seven of them that actually died immediately after receiving it. Um, now I, I, I'd seen local reports on it. I had actually gone online to look at the newspaper. I think it was like in Ghana or something like that. Um, and and they had reported it, but you could never find that that report right. here. You know, obviously. Um, so I'm not sure if it was made up out there or something. But it obviously never crossed out this way. So I'm not exactly sure yeah. if that's, you know, actually legit or not. But well, well, you know, here's the thing about that is that it may be and it may not be, but but the the mainstream news media is only going to give you one version of this. And I, a lot of people think that like, well, if I if I see it on on the nightly news, then that means it's real. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't see it on the nightly news and it's supposedly a big event then it must not be as big of an event as i would imagine because otherwise i'd see it on the nightly news and those are very dangerous things because if you believe that the nightly news is only telling you the truth and only not reporting on things because they're really no big deal oh you're going to get a much different version of the world and part of this that that people need to really understand with regard to the coronavirus with regard to vaccines with regard to um the mm you know the vac just traditional vaccines for kids before coronavirus and all this is that the mainstream media's um, advertising revenue that they receive in the United States, because only United States and New Zealand do this. They allow big pharma to advertise on television, but inside the United States, the mainstream media's news advertising revenue gets 60% of their money from big pharma. So you're never going to hear an honest story about them. If it paints them in a negative light, you're, you might hear a small debate, but it's not going to be like, oh, we've uncovered massive fraud sure. at the CDC. Yeah. Never going to happen. People, but, but so people assume that 
if there was massive fraud happening at, at Big Pharma or the CDC, I'd hear about it on my nightly news. And therefore, right. since I haven't heard about it on my nightly news, it's, it must not be happening. Sure. That's the problem because it's not getting on your nightly news, not because it's not happening, not happening. but because if Anderson Cooper does a story about it, like tonight, he grows a conscience, just does a big story on vaccines for yeah, some yeah. reason. <laughs> Jeff Zucker is going to have, he's going to have the president of Merck in his office the next morning, threatening to pull $2 billion worth of advertiser advertising money unless he gets control of Anderson Cooper, tells him to shut up. So this is how it works. And so there's a lot of people that just make the assumption and I, and I can understand why, but they make the assumption that if there was real problems with this, the potential vaccine, the news would be talking about it. We'd be having the debate. And that is not the truth. That is not going to happen. Not on, our, not, on our, not on the traditional mainstream media. It happens in the alternative media. We're all right. talking about it. But, mm -hmm. but in the mainstream media, good luck. It'll never happen. Yeah, it's extremely dangerous. I mean, we, I mean I'm here in Texas, right? So, so Governor Abbott was um, actually we're stuck like in phase two of actually reopening the state. So we got stuck in phase two because obviously the spikes went up. That's what they say. So San Antonio was probably one of the biggest places where that was happening. Um, and then it came out a few days ago, I think two days ago, um, that they were actually not correct. The labs where they were sending the tests were reporting all of them positive, like all of them positives, right? But they actually weren't. So I think it was like 3000 or some, some tests that were actually not positive, like they were saying, uh, but they were just writing them down that they were. Um, so that was probably the biggest cause of why now here in Texas, it's mandatory for everybody to wear a mask anywhere you go in any store, any restaurant, there's big signs right on the window that say you must wear a mask to come in. And the rest of us that, I mean, I, I wear a mask, right? Not because I'm scared of the virus, but I just don't want to hear everybody's bullshit. If I were to walk in there and they're like, Hey, you know, this guy's not wearing a mask. I'm extremely short. -tempered. You don't want to have the debate. I'm short, extremely short. Yeah. I'm extremely short tempered. So I, <laughs> I, mine wouldn't be like, Oh, well let's, talk about this mine would be like hey fuck you you know like let's you're, you're you know, wearing whatever. a mask so yeah. that you don't go to prison yeah you know, pretty much <laughs> that's, that's so a good reason it's so I, I don't get arrested for something you know but i mean it's 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 completely ridiculous we can't even go into a freaking mcdonald's in the corner here our corner store that we go to locally here they have like the screens up right over the counters and everybody's wearing masks in there they have like a little restaurant that's inside so everybody's wearing masks and gloves and a big sign on the window that says you have to wear a mask to come in it's you walk in there and it's ridiculous. I just kind of sit outside sometimes when I look into the stores and I just think like, God, look at all you fuckers in there just obeying, like obeying like, like, like sheep, right? All yeah. of you, you know, you just, whatever they tell you, you're just like, yeah, I've got to wear this. No, it's like, come on, bro. So I'll just go, let's go get some drive through or something. So I don't have to worry about it. It's ridiculous, man. It's, it is. It I don't, is. I don't blame the stores necessarily right, right. because I understand that there, you know, a lot of these stores are like, listen, a ton of people go in there. The state is making us do these ridiculous things in order to open. Uh, considering we've been closed for a while, we're going to do whatever they say just to get it open, whether it's stupid or not. Because if we don't do what they yeah. say and tell you to wear the mask and everything, then we go out of business. So yeah. I can understand where the stores come from, mm -hmm. where they're coming from in, the, in this situation. Uh, I can also understand why you wouldn't want to go, you know, have that debate yeah. with people because it's it's infuriating and. But, and I just got a message on my phone earlier today, like one of those Amber alert type mm -hmm. 
you know, where your phone just goes off. And I'm in Colorado saying the governor has said that it's mandatory yeah. mask everywhere today. It's like, we got one last week here in Texas. It was like a big thing. Uh, same thing. Amber alert, you know, style message saying, uh, I think it's says something about Texas is now mandating, you know, whatever you have to have a mask. And before we, you know, anything like I'm not, when I talk about it, I don't want people to think like, I don't give a shit about people. And then, you know, that, I think the virus is not real. I think it's very, very real, right? I mean, obviously some people are dying from it, things like that. But I don't think that it's as big as everybody, you know. I mean, I see people driving down the street in cars alone with masks on. Oh, yeah. Where are you, fully conditioned. Like, who are you going to catch it from? You're by yourself in your car. I, I see mean, people if, walking down the street outside, uh, walking, and they're out there jogging by themselves. There's nobody around them wearing masks. Like, who's the part of this... You know, part of the, my frustration with this is, has been the inconsistency in the message. Yeah. It started off, don't wear a mask, you don't need them. Now, now it's, you have to wear a mask or you're not getting in this, into this restaurant. It's like, okay, what changed? Yeah. What changed be- between three months ago and now? Because you guys were saying it's no big deal. We've got masks that if you look on the side of them, it says does not prevent, the, you know, coronavirus. coronavirus. Yeah, no, coronavirus. I mean, you've got, you're going to wear a bandana over what are we doing? This is, this is theater. This is security theater. We're all patting ourselves on the back and saying that we're doing it. We're, go, we're going out there and we're, 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 you know, spreading, you know, slowing the curve and we're stopping this and we're preventing grandma from dying and all these things. We're not doing any of this stuff. No. You think this mask is going to stop a virus that's going around? They go through the virus. I mean, surgeons wear certain types of masks. I've, I have been in the real estate industry for 20 years. We do a lot of construction. You get these drywall masks, you put them on. When you take it off, there's drywall all inside there anyway. You know, you've got, you're covered in it. So what, you're, it's going to prevent a virus? From, so the whole thing is, to me, is, is preposterous. I have empathy for people that have been sick. I'm not saying it yeah. doesn't exist. I'm just yeah. saying that this is like a strain of the flu. And then the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to, normal. to normal. Yeah. And I say, <laughs> you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if the I flu. Made a, if yeah. I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. But Big Farm is not out of business because they, in 1986, they went out and bought themselves a ton of congressmen and got a law passed making it impossible for people to sue them for right. their vaccines. So, yeah. so you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which by the way, give most people that take them the flu. The flu. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this right. without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. Um, and you're going to tell me that once we have a untested brand new rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal. Good luck with that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here. They're going to do all that stuff. They're going to unleash it here. And, and anybody that's first in line for those vaccines, good luck to you, man. You're going to need it. Yeah, the whole the whole vaccine thing, I I'm, I mean, me personally, I, we in our family are very, very much opposed to any kind of vaccine whatsoever. I mean, my yeah. son 
he's never been vaccinated. I know it's going to piss off a lot of people, but it, it's just hey. not, it's just not, it's ridiculous to pump your kids full of chemicals to, in, in the guise of helping them, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's, I mean, yeah. I, I was vaccine, I was in the military. So when you go in the military, you get pumped full of shit, like yeah. nonstop, right? But as soon as I got out, that was it. Like I never took another vaccine. I've never gotten the flu shot. I would take like that freaking nasal one. And I would, I would pretend like I was like, oh, and then I would go blow my nose out and shit. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, there's a lot of people that say that, you know, would say, oh, you're anti-vaxxer. And it's like, well, right. maybe technically, but, but I'm, I'm pro-science. Right. And this, and cause everyone, I think the assumption is, oh, if you're anti-vaccine, then you're anti-science or like, you're somebody that's like, we're just going to put it in God's hands and hope right, for the right. best. And I know there are some people out there that are like that, but the, the vast majority of the people that are in that anti-vaccine category right. are not anti-science at all. They're pro-science, which is the reason why they've become anti-vaccine because what they're seeing is all of the unbelievable chemicals and DNA that's put in there and polysorbate 80 and MSG, you know, MSG, yeah. like the stuff that's in your Chinese, Chinese food, food is getting yeah. injected into babies. And so all these things, and they're going, uh, I don't think I want that in my kid. So what does that make them? Anti-science? Doesn't make them anti-science at all. It makes them pro-science. They're, 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 they've looked into this. And I've had, you know, uh, I don't know. We, 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 we can go, that's a deep rabbit hole with the vaccine. And it's polarizing. It makes it, like you said, there'd be a lot of people that may not, may not like that. But I would encourage anybody that is, that is frustrated with hearing about anti-vaccine to give us, give us a chance here because we're not a bunch of unhinged lunatics what we've done is we've looked into the lies of big pharma. Now, right. every, every single big pharma company, the top 25 big pharma companies all have two things in common. One, they are all convicted felons. They've <laughs> all been convicted of felonies. And two, they don't have a single CEO that's a doctor that's running their organization. They're all MBAs, but they're not doctors. There's one guy that, that, that is technically a doctor, but he's a doctor of English. So it doesn't really count. But this is a business, and they make a ton of money on, um, on through vaccines. Right. And I would ask people that are that are very you know that are saying, well, you've anti-vaxxers, you you guys are maniacs. Would you allow your kid to spend the spend the weekend go camping with with a Catholic priest, just <laughs> the two of them? The answer is hell no. no. I would never do that. Why? Not today. Well, yeah, Whatever. right. Because they have a history of being a bunch of pedophiles, right? right? They have paid out $4 billion to settle cases of pedophilia in the Catholic church. You know, who's paid out more money than that? Big pharma, Big pharma on vaccines, even though they made it illegal so that you can't sue them through the VARES court, which is like a labyrinth, you know, one in a hundred people get paid out at all. They have paid out $4.2 billion for screwing up kids for the rest of their lives. They've paid out more money than the Catholic Church. So I ask you, if vaccines are so safe and so effective, why would you pay out $4.2 billion to people that have had problems Reverse, with yeah. your vaccines? You wouldn't, unless you had to. And the reason why you have to is because they're actually hurting people. Not every person, yeah. not every time, not every kid gets autism every time. 
but there is a correlation between these things. They've paid out a ton of money and they don't want you to know that. So, so there's more to this. It's not a bunch of, a bunch of us tinfoil hat wearing, look, I love to put my tinfoil hat on and I will go into some, some crazy topics and, you know, and, and speculate about what could possibly be going on there. Sure. But I don't need to do that when it comes to the vaccine industry. It's all documented. It's right in front of you. So, so there's, there's, you know, there's, 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 for people that are un, you know, unsure about that, look into it, man. There's a, I hate to go Eddie Bravo, but no, yeah. look into it. There's a look lot, it. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot more there than, than, than the television tells you. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's part of the reason. I mean, I was always a kind of abreast to what was happening with, with vaccines prior to actually having my own son, but mm-hmm. you know, my son's six years old now. And around that time that he was born, he was born, in the Philippines and then they had to come here. Right. So when you come in from another country, they have to vaccinate you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the only, there was nothing I could do about that. You know, right. I, I wanted them here, you know, so, you know, they came, but after that, that's when I kind of started getting into the whole vaccine thing. Um, he kind of received a few shots after he was born here and there when he was here in the States. But after that, I looked into it and I was just like, nah, you know what? It's, 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 there's no way this is, good for any kid you know whatsoever and i just don't want to have to live with that you know yeah. you know god forbid that he actually got sick or anything like that which you know he's not he's extremely healthy you know but if if something were to happen that was my fault for letting it happen i just couldn't live with myself you know it's, yeah. it's ridiculous and there's a lot of parents out there that that you know obviously have the same sort of situation people that you know have that you know doctors too they give you know pediatricians give tons of vaccines a bunch of kids with autism if they ever came to this understanding that the vaccine was causing that then they would have to they would have a nervous breakdown because they would know that they were responsible for that in some levels and the doctors don't get trained a bunch on on vaccines they get they get maybe a day of it in medical school but they're not trained over they get sales reps coming to them all the time saying hey try this new thing hey try this new thing oh you did a really good people don't realize that like in a pediatric pediatrician's office, if they have 63% of their patients vaccinated, they get bonuses from the pharmaceutical industry that works out to about $400 per kid. Now, if you've got a, right. a typical 250 person, uh, you know, clinic, you're in, you know, you're in good shape, man. You, there, there's a lot, you, you get a Mercedes every year for keeping your, your people yeah. 63% uh, vaccinated. So when you're, when you're wondering why your doctor keeps pushing the flu shot on you, that's why. Yeah, or financially incentivized for it, which is which should never ever happen. Now, I, I worked like I said, I worked in real estate for a long, long time. Worked on commission. I'm selling houses, but I'm not selling. I'm not. I, I don't want my doctor to be on commission right. for everything that he sells to me for big pharma to get paid off. I mean, it'd be like, hey, you got to take this pill and this pill and that. You know, so there's some things where you don't want there to be a financial incentive, and these doctors' offices get get incentivized. Yeah, I mean they're. They're working for that all-inclusive paid trip next year to Hawaii or whatever. And, yeah. you know, it's, to be a speaker, <laughs> yeah. to be a speaker, right? And they're going to go there for five days, bring your family. Oh yeah, we're going to have you speak for 30 minutes on this thing. You go up there, you speak, you go to dinners and everything. The whole thing's paid for. This is how they bribe doctors. But they, yeah. but they also outright pay them when it comes to the vaccine schedule and, and maintaining this, this amount, uh, this uh, percentage within in their office. And, and of course, they're... The, for whatever reason, they're allowed to do that, which is crazy, but yeah. we live in a crazy place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get so much crap about it. At, at the time when I decided not to do it anymore, I got so much crap, especially from people within my family 
Um, yeah. You know, and it's ridiculous. I mean, mine too. My son is not vaccinated. He's actually homeschooled, which I got a lot of pushback on that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, the only thing I, I would say is just like read an insert, read a vaccine insert, do go do some research on your local schools. I'm sure a lot of people live in some areas where they have some great public schools, things like that. But, you know, a lot of people don't. And where, I, where I'm at here is one of them. And I was, I'm not going to take that chance. Even yeah. if we did live like in a great area and there was a nice school, I would still not, you know, especially what's going on in schools these days. It's just not. Well, it's funny you, you, you mentioned that. Cause I just uh, was talking to David Rodriguez, who is a guy I know from, um, from Anarchapulco the last couple of years, we both have been speakers there and he's doing this unschooling project, which is really cool. And he's taking the work of a, a former New York, New York state teacher of the year, a guy named John Taylor Gatto, who's an older guy passed away a couple of years ago. He's taking his work and he's turning it into this, this foundation where they're, they're growing this curriculum and this, and, and teaching people how to do the home homeschooling and unschooling right. and things like that. And it's, it's really remarkable because, um, you know, and his timing, of course, is also going to be pretty good because right. whether it's the SB 277 that was passed through in California, make, making it mandatory for uh, kids to have vaccines. Uh, Colorado has just passed something uh, similar recently for public schools. And, um, you know, and then, of course, the, the, the last couple of months of this, of this year, you had a lot of kids going, well, all the kids going to virtual learning. And so I, think, I feel like it's, it's, parents that had never even considered homeschooling or they thought right. that that's just what like the Mennonites do or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, that, yeah. that now they're going, Hmm, maybe there's something to it. But of course the first problem that you come up against, which everyone does is what am I going to do? I'm going to teach my, I'm gonna, I don't yeah. know algebra. I'm going to teach my kid algebra. I don't right. know it. You know, I don't, I'm not qualified to do all this teaching. And what David Rodriguez was talking to me about is that, you're more qualified than you think in part because you have a vested interest in making sure this child turns out well. Whereas your teacher, the teacher that your child's with is with them for eight months and then they'll never see them again, theoretically. And so you are actually have more of an incentive and you're probably smarter than you think you are. And by the way, here are some great course outlines that will help you do that. So there's a lot of ways to, to, to do that. And, and unfortunately we have to start thinking about things like that because I think that, um, you know, I, have been, I've, I've retrained myself, um, lately to refer to public schools as the, with a more accurate term, which is government schools. Mm. When you call them a government school, then that just has this, you go, Oh, that sounds like North (laughs) to me, but that's what they are. They're government schools. And when you dig back into the history and that's one of the chapter, you know, one of the, the chapters I, I got into in my octopus book was talking about the history of schools, like compulsory schooling. And and it's like, well, where did this come from? You know, like we, you know, schools are mandatory. They've always been my life, your life, you know, your parents' life. And, and, and so when you, you just assume they've always been here like forever, but they haven't, they've only been around since, you know, the mid 1800s and really in the United States got their push towards the early 1900s and why they came about isn't because the government's like, oh, we need to educate these kids and make them smart so that they go out into the world and do great things. 
government doesn't give a shit about you. The right. reason why there's compulsory schooling is because the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation came in and funded it because they wanted to create the environment that would get these kids ready for a future of working in the factories that they owned. Mm. So that's why you have things like a bell that rings when class is done or when mm. school's over. It's why you have r- rows of desks in straight lines it's why you have to ask permission before you go to the bathroom it's why all why you have to get in a straight line before you go there you can't walk and you can't go in this all that stuff is conditioning to get kids ready for a life of slavery working for these mega maniacs that are you know that have the you know that had the 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 steel factories or the automobile factories or all these things they're going to need an assembly line like george carlin says just smart enough to work the machine and just Mm. dumb enough to not realize that you're getting taken advantage of so there's a lot of uh, a lot of you know a lot of people are now coming into this realization where they're thinking i have to maybe homeschool my kid or you know i have this option and they think well this is going to be weird but you know it's it might not be as bad of an idea is people initially think that it is because if you're able to get your kid away from government indoctrination for eight hours a day for 11, 12, 15 years, however long you're in school, then, you know, you've, um, you're going to, you, you know, you'll be, your kids will be better off for being out of there. Now, will they suffer socially? Maybe. But frankly, they're going to suffer socially anyway with what we're going through. Uh, This current situation is going to screw kids up, you know, interacting through computers, not being able to go play in recess. Who knows how to quantify what sort of damage that's going to do to this generation of kids, but it'll have an effect. So um, one of the things David was telling me about was he was saying, you know, listen, a lot of the homeschool kids, they're they're they join these you know join soccer leagues and co-ops they join yeah, leagues. that's what we do i mean you yeah. have groups all over facebook where yeah. all, all these kids like in the area get together and they go do you yeah. know they call these different kind of field trips you know and it's also sports you get them into like boxing and baseball and all kinds of stuff where you can be around other kids mm-hmm. um so I, I mean that was probably one of the biggest issues that a lot of people around me had was that the kid's going to grow up weird because he's not talking to other kids. He's not hanging out with the kids. And I was just like, come on, bro. There's kids all over the place. We can hang out. You know, it's. My just- business partner was homeschooled. And I asked him about that. He had, <laughs> he had three brothers and a sister and they were all homeschooled. They lived right. in Washington. And I, but then he went to, he went to Washington state. He went to, he went to college. So I said, how did, how did that work? Was that weird? He goes, nah, cause we were always in sports. You know, we had, I had all these friends that I interacted with and, and I said, well, how was, how was it? Um, actually, no, I asked, I asked David Rodriguez, uh, what is the, is there a concern? I mean, I think there is a concern for parents that go, all right, well, I homeschool my kid. And then what if they want to go to college? What do the colleges think of this? And he gave me a surprising answer. He said, the colleges actually like the homeschooled kids because they know that they're going to school. They're, they're leaving their home to go to college because they really want to go to college. Right. Unlike a lot of these kids that are just coming out of high school and they're just going to college because their parents tell them that's what you do. And they don't really want to be there and they drop out or they, they don't produce. Where he says the homeschool kids actually, usually they have compelling stories for their right. essays. But also they have, um, and they're usually ahead, <laughs> like, yeah. so they're going into college at like 16, but they're, but they want to be there. 
more so than than some of the other kids and so that has that has uh he said it had the exact opposite effect that you might think which i would think would the college mm-hmm. admissions people would be like eh, i don't know if Home i want to kid <laughs> run around here but apparently they do so yeah. yeah that's that's one of the issues i get all the time that's probably one of the biggest questions i get asked all the time when i say you know we homeschool and i just like oh like do you hang out with the kids you know things like that is he weird i'm like no nah, man he's i mean my son's completely i mean he's with everybody all the time just freaking talking all the time and so it's not a big deal but i mean one of the one of the things you touched on there um uh, was the rockefeller foundation yeah um, if anybody has any kind of questions as to why we are using chemicals now within the medical industry you can go back and read the flexner report right obviously 1911 1912 i think is when it was the flexner report written by somebody that wasn't a doctor um going to all these medical schools and saying you should start using chemicals with within the medical field right so now that's why we have all these kind of drugs that they pump out to everybody now and that was started by the rockefeller foundation and the flexner report which was completely ridiculous that's when they started calling all these alternative doctors like quacks and things like that yeah. but, you know, that was you know one of the biggest reasons there um, which is crazy. yeah and the well and to, to to go off of that so the rockefeller foundation did all those things and they pushed this because they're in the petroleum industry and these medicines are petroleum based which seems weird you wouldn't think that but they actually are they're right. synthetics and so um the, but the rockefeller foundation had to create itself because the rockefeller industries that they owned were doing such horrible shit to people that they had a bad public relations image so they created the rockefeller foundation to go around and then sprinkle put money into that and then sprinkle it around and make it look like they're doing good things who else did that bill gates Mm. bill gates was was at microsoft was facing antitrust lawsuits and was losing and and his had a really bad reputation and what did they do he started the bill and melinda gates foundation and they put money in there same thing it's a pr move what's well, a tax shelter too but it's a pr move to uh to make make it look like they're they're a great institution and what right. did they do they followed in the eugenics philosophy of the rockefellers and rockefeller foundation into the bill and melinda gates foundation and they're taking those eugenics uh, philosophies and pushing them forward into the medical industry, medical. just like the Rockefellers did, you know, so, so, and education as well, because who's financed common core bill Gates and common core will turn your kid's head into Swiss cheese. If you let them do the math from common core. Oh my God. I've got a chapter in my book called, you know, rotten to the core because it, and it talks about how the, how Dr. James Milgram, who was the, the, the only PhD in math, uh, mathematician, in this uh, advisory group that was creating the curriculum walked away from it and because it was so bad and now he spends his own money traveling around the country giving lectures about why you should stay as far away from it as possible so it's so you know the, so here we're back once again back to the bill gates thing you know mm-hmm. people are just saying oh he's this lovable nerd Welcome to an education on who Bill Gates really is and go back and look at his organizations and they're following the Rockefellers. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people just say, oh, the Rockefeller Foundation's doing great things around the world. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're actively trying to kill everybody. <laughs> they are horrible human beings and their organizations, United Nations, World Health Organization, all these things, these are, these are depopulation uh, based uh, industries that yeah. they've created and in, in institutions. So, 
it's one of these things that, you know, hey, while we've got this downtime of everyone being stuck in their homes, maybe, maybe research Bill Gates, you know, maybe people can, can, can look into this and say, well, who is this guy? Is he, is he this lovable nerd who wears sweaters? No, he wants to do everything. Or is he a psychopathic mass murdering maniac? Well, he's yes. a psychopathic mass murdering maniac, which will, which will, you know, be a surprise to most people because he doesn't look like one, but you know, he's a psycho. He's yeah. a, he's a empathy deficient psychopath. And the only thing keeping him from, from, you know, butchering 20 women in a dorm somewhere is the fact that he's totally wealthy and can outsource that to other people. So, yeah. so he, he's using his power and influence to be, to, to shape reality, shape our world into what they want it to be, which is they want to get rid of all of us taking up space on their planet and, and this is this sounds you know preposterous when you hear it the first time. You just, it's easy to dismiss it and go get out of here, but dig into their their the works that they, you know dig into the research that they put out that the books and the papers that they've put out they'll mm-hmm. tell you what they're going to do. They yeah. laid it out. You go look at the Club of Rome's 1971 document. Um, they tell you that they're going to invent global warming and yeah. use it as a as a pretext for a carbon tax. They yeah. they say it in there. They say, yeah. even if it's true or not. So yeah. we can, we can use this time to educate ourselves. I mean, it w- wouldn't be the worst thing that comes out of this pandemic, right? That we get a, a little bit more of an understanding of how the world actually works now that people are paying attention. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, they're not, you got everybody stuck at home, but they're all too busy using that freaking TikTok all day. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, like you mentioned, they, they had, you know, they set their plan out like well in advance. I mean, you can see that stupid TED talk that, that freaking Bill Gates did. You know, he actually laid it out like, you know, oh, you know, what's going to happen in the future and all these people are going to die because of the virus and this and that. And he actually put it out there, you know, and there's all these, all these people in the audience clapping like, oh, yeah, I mean, come on, man. You had no idea what he was going to do in the future and he's actually starting to do it. Bill Gates did a TED talk. He's done a couple of them. But the most famous one is where he had a, an equation on the screen behind his head. And he said, if we do a really good job with our vaccine programs, we ought to be able to lower that number, number being world population, by about 10 or 15%. <laughs> now, I ask you, if vaccines are supposed to save lives and improve lives and help people, why wouldn't he say, if we do a really good job with our vaccination program, we can raise that number by 10 or 15%? That's not what he said. He mm-hmm. said we could lower it. That means a billion people. If we do a really good job with our vaccine programs, we can lower the population of the earth by a billion people. Right. Explain to me how the police did not drag him off of that stage and take him down to the station and beat him with a rubber hose until he confesses to a genocide. Right. Conspiracy to commit genocide. It's, I, I'm not even... I'm not even being like a tiny bit sarcastic. This yeah. is what he's talking about. He's talking about removing a billion people from the world. And he didn't get drunk at a bar and say it to his buddy. Yeah. He did it on stage at a Ted talk yeah. with cameras rolling. Yeah. You can find it. You can look on YouTube and find it in five seconds mm-hmm. and watch it. So what are we doing? We're going to listen to this guy. Once again, we, you know, I see him on my nightly news. He come, you know, he comes forward and he's he's how he's talking to the president and everything. He's doing a really good job. Why do you want to let the mass murderer in charge of the program? What are you doing? 
Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Didn't they find some dead people in his house, something like that? <laughs> they, found, they found no, they found a guy who's dead uh, on his property. It was a worker at <laughs> his house that had like sixty thousand child porn images on his laptop, or you know, whatever. So. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, some Boy Scouts buried in Bill Gates' crawl space, but that's speculation on my part. Yeah, yeah. I have no proof of that. Sure. I mean, speaking about other <laughs> other like dead type of guy. Yeah, yeah. It just looks like it. I mean, speaking about other dead people, right? So now, and I say dead people because it's bound to happen. We had this whole thing with. Ghislaine Maxwell, right? So yeah. she was in court and they're setting her trial for next year, July, 2021. I mean, yeah. she's not going to make it out of this month or the next couple of months. Um, and then, you know, they're having all these talks about how they're actually moving her from cell to cell within the prisons and things like that. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Why next, why next year? Why is it, why is it going to take? So, I mean, I know why it's going to take so long. They're, right. You know, they're kind of hoping that she gets off in the meantime. Um, yeah. You know, even if she, didn't they're kind of dragging it out to the elections or maybe trying to make it go as far as the election maybe afterwards but i mean what's what's the deal i mean (laughs) it's it's a it's well you know it it, it's sad because um because she's you know as a woman that was involved in that uh operation that she was most definitely involved in the evidence is overwhelming um it it seems to make it just a little bit worse because she's a woman right. doing it to other women. I don't, you know, it's all bad, but but it just feels a little bit worse because they maybe subconsciously thought they could trust her. Maybe she would protect them and she did the exact opposite. But, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell's sisters are up to no good as well. And they're involved in, um, you know, that... Uh, you remember before the coronavirus, we had Event 201, yep. which was Gates Foundation, Johns Hopkins Medical Center, and the World Economic Forum. The three of them ran that simulation about a coronavirus outbreak, and then magically it happened exactly the way they role-played it. That World Economic Forum component gets overlooked, but it shouldn't. Here's why. The, the lady who is in charge of the technology component of that for what they call the fourth industrial revolution is Isabel Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell's sister. And what she is working on is artificial intelligence and brain implants. And Jeffrey Epstein through Ghislaine Maxwell was financing all of these artificial intelligence uh, professors and scientists like Marvin Minsky and, 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 and all those, those dudes. Um, Ben Gertzel, who, you know, hardcore AI guy who was create, you know, and what did he, what was he? So, so Ghislaine Maxwell comes from a spy family, right? Robert Maxwell, her dad, owner of the mirror. Um, he was a spy for the Russians. He was a spy for the British. He was a spy for the uh, Israelis. Right. So he, he, that is, that is not even debatable. Hell, there's a book called Robert Maxwell, Israeli super spy. So, you know, I mean, it's like, it's not a secret. Right. So he comes from, he's, he's a spy with multiple agencies, gets murdered and thrown off his boat in 1991. Then his daughter takes over where he left off in is, is involved in this, partners with Jeffrey Epstein. And if, you, if we want to rank these people in terms of who, had, who was higher in the pyramid, Ghislaine Maxwell was above Epstein in that pyramid. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's one notch above him. They needed each other. They worked well together. Uh, you know, she had the she had the highfalutin connections and he had access to 
to a lot of money, money that was, you know, that was funneled to him through West, Les Wexner and his, his outfit, um, which is the Jewish mafia. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a really devious um, and dangerous group of people, but, but Ghislaine Maxwell isn't, it, she's, she's running the East, you know, she and Epstein were running the East coast operation but there's people running the West coast operation and that's Midwest and all that. I mean, so there's, there's a lot of these people out there. It's not to say that, that she invented um, sexual blackmail with Epstein has been around for a long, long time. Uh, this, this is a, a very effective tool for controlling people. Um, you can make a lot of money doing it too. You can blackmail rich, powerful CEOs. You can get them down to your magical Island and videotape them doing unspeakable things to 14 year old girls and get it on video. And then you've got that guy in your pocket forever. You know, you want that guy to give you, Hey, when is your company, the company that you're the CEO of, when are you going to make a big acquisition that's going to move that stock price? I want that information before anybody else so I can trade on that. So it's valuable in that way. And you can, you can get guys like, Chuck Schumer and Bill Clinton and, and Bill Richardson and all these guys on tape doing it that are politicians and you can control them that way. But so you, there's a lot of ways you could, you take this information, sell it to Bill Gates, hmm. your buddy, you know, so he can have it. Everyone's like, why is Bill Gates so much in control? Why is everybody doing what he says with regard to the vaccine thing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he bought the information from Epstein. Yeah. Maybe he's got the goods on all these people. We don't know. I, I'm speculating on that, but I'm just saying it's possible. It's possible. He's right. friends with Epstein. Epstein had the information. He's got a hundred billion dollars. It would make sense that they could collaborate on something like this. So, so once again, horrible situation with Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein. Horrible that they're doing that. One bright spot, not many in this whole thing, but there's one, and that is in awareness now for the general public to understand that these things actually happen, that they're not conspiracy theories, they're conspiracy facts. They've been going on for a long, long time. And that, you know, your government, your, the spy agencies, your government, like the CIA, they have no problem spending money participating in the sexual exploitation of children in order to entrap people that would be to their benefit. So there's no barrier for them. There's nothing they, that they will, will not do. They'll do anything. Organ harvesting, they're in it. Money laundering, drug trafficking, trafficking kids, guns. They, they're all, the intelligence agencies run those industries. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be an awakening for a lot of people that, where they're going to go, Jesus Christ, I didn't know any of this stuff even existed. Right. Well, it's dark, man. You, you know, you probably didn't want to know it existed, but it, it's, it's real and it's, it's out there. And, you know, if, if all, you know, if all these people had to go through this, all these, these hundreds, maybe even thousands of girls had to go through this, the least that we can do is make sure that the general public is aware of something like this and has their eyes open in case anything like this ever kind of comes up again and that there's real outrage about it. There should be. And I feel like there is. Um, I don't feel like there's too many people that are defending this. No, uh, I feel like there's the, the, it's one, one of the few things that- We all can agree on right now, yeah. <laughs> that we can agree on right now, right. That's... So, so um you know, obviously you never want, you never want this to happen. You wish it wasn't a thing, but it is a thing. And so the best alternative that can come out of the best, best result that can come out of this is for it to 
be harder for them to pull these sorts of things off because there's a raised awareness of the general public to the, to the likelihood of things like this actually happening. So when you hear some story about your 15 year old daughter's friend who says, yeah, some creepy dude offered me 200 bucks to go give him a massage. And I was like, what? Then, then in your head before that'd be like, what the fuck? That <laughs> that's weird. But now you're going, shit, that sounds like an Epstein situation. Yeah. Call her parents, talk them, you know, you know what I mean? And so, so something like this, there's, it's now an awareness in the general public that maybe it will make it harder to, to, to pull off in the future. I'm not, I'm not a, naive to think that it'll go away completely, sure. but I mean, maybe just to make it a little bit more difficult for people to uh, engage in this sort of thing, maybe the best that we can hope for. Hopefully they, you know, hopefully I, I'm in the I'm in the camp that I hope somebody whacks Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't I don't I don't think she should be shown any mercy. I know that, that you know people are like well she's got to give the information. Would you trust the information from her? And frankly, the CIA and the Mossad they've got the information anyway. The information it's not limited to her. You know she's right. and and I, and I don't know that she she thinks she could uh, buy her way out of this. Was who knows maybe but yeah. but uh, she's she's a goner. I mean they've. I mean, she's, they said that she was like out of the country, but then they find her up in New Hampshire. She's right. been there the whole time. Um, I mean, she's I, in Studio City eating somebody, in burger. Yeah, somebody <laughs> knew that, you know, she was there the whole time. You know, they, of course, they were watching her, but. Of course. I mean, so, I mean, it's. it's so I'm fine with that. Yeah. If they're watching her because they had to build their case and get all this information and they needed to make absolutely sure. I could maybe be okay with it if that was the reason for the delay. I understand these things take time, but I don't know that that really is the case. So, yeah, uh, it's extremely horrible. I mean, eight hundred thousand people go missing every year. Conservatively, roughly three, four hundred thousand of those are children, right? So, I mean, kids are going missing every year, on a lot higher number than you know anybody would think. I mean, we were locked down here in Texas, right? We were locked down when they finally started opening things up. I swear that week that they started opening everything back up amber alert was going crazy like five or six in the same week here in texas wow. like just nonstop. every day it was like two the next day another two like just wow. people were going out because they were like shit man i haven't been out in so long let's go fucking yeah. find some kids or whatever but yeah i mean i guess that that's you know, you know that's the hunting the hunters go hunting at that yeah. point too it was ridiculous <laughs> horrible to to think about but yeah we live in a we live in a very we live in a very very fake country where um if we just went by what we're told on tv or what what you know the americana image we we have this you know belief that it's you know it's baseball and apple pie and and waving the flag and we're always the good guys and things like that and unfortunately, that's just a that's just a fake image that's been sold to us. Um, yeah, we got we've got some great people doing some amazing things, and 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 we do have baseball and apple pie. But you know that flag that we're supposed to worship and everything that flag has been used to do some unspeakable things for by this government, and 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 a lot of us don't want to know that. And I can understand why people would not want to know. It's one of the, you know, it's the red pill, blue pill type thing. I mean, once you start to know, once you know these things, you can never unknow them and it skews the way you see the world and it, and it makes you a bit cynical and, it, and, it, and it's, and so I can, I can, I can understand fully why somebody would say, I don't want to know that. 
I don't respect it, but I can understand it because it, it's a lot easier to, to, to live that life where you have no idea that these things are happening. And, and, and to be fair, there's a lot of things that we don't know right now that are real, that are happening that at some point we might hear about and learn about and go, Oh, it's even yeah. worse than I thought, you know? So it's not, it's not like we have it all. It's not like we know everything or we have it all figured out, but like we know enough about how things really operate to be disgusted. Yeah. with our government and to, and to, and then to have everybody like, like where we started this conversation to have everybody try to shame you out at a grocery store about a mask when they're saying the government tells you, and you're going, you mean the same government that's bombing the shit out of Yemen, the mm-hmm. same government that's still in Afghanistan 19 years later, or d- shooting depleted uranium in Fallujah, where there's multi-generational birth defects. You mean that same government and that same media? They're, they're telling you, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Why would you listen to these people? These yeah. people are, have a track record of lying to you. And then you take that and get into a, a debate with somebody that sees that the government story is like the truth always. And it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating because, you know, it doesn't require you to be like, you know, a a doctorate candidate to dig into this stuff and find out that there's lies. Like you can, you can figure it out watching some videos and some Google searches. I mean, at the bare bare minimum, you can, you just do, if you just did those things, you would learn a whole lot about what's really out there. And so, you know, like, it's time for the United, the, the citizens of the United States to take some responsibility. You know, I, I'm really critical of the government and the media, but I'm, but I also am a believer that we need to take some responsibility for our own actions. We right. need to, you know, the government is going to treat us like shit for as long as we allow them to. So you have to educate yourself. You have to put yourself in a position where, where, you know, you command a bit of respect. You have to be, you have to be a decent person. You have to get out there and, and, you know, do the right thing. uh, Because if you're just going to, if you're just listening to what the government says, and you're just taking that and say, well, I'm just going to do what the government tells me, man, they, they have no respect for us. And why should they? So we have to really take some responsibility for educating ourselves, for being better than this, for, you know, for rising up and for, you know, looking at some uncomfortable truths about the world that we live in and then acting, you know, acting, behaving differently. I mean, we can't, you, you, you must understand that when you see the morons lining up on black Friday to bust through the doors of a Best Buy and knocking old ladies out, you know, to get there so they can get a, a $45 50 inch TV, you know, you, you see that and you go, you know, I actually don't blame the government for having no respect for us. I don't even have any respect for us after seeing stuff like this. So, so collectively, we need to be a little bit more, we need to take some more ownership of this and be better because as we're, you know, we're, we're acting like a bunch of savages out there, you know, like in situations like that. And, and, and they see that they, they understand, they don't have respect for us in part because a lot of us don't have respect for ourselves. So until that changes, I mean, the, the way the government interacts with us, won't change either because they're they're in a position where they act like the parent and they think that we're the dumb kids and frankly we have been acting like the dumb kids for a long long time and so we need to uh, we need to educate ourselves and get our act together so that we can have a different relationship with our government frankly I'm of the belief that we should get rid of most of our government but right. but but 
given the situation that we're in right now, um, we can't have, we, the government does not see us as equals. And that is a huge problem. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to keep pushing and pushing to see, you know, what they can get away with until they just take control of everything. Obviously it's, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. I mean, there's a lot of people within my family as well that, you know, they pretty much swallow everything the government says. Yeah. Mine too. And it's, and, and, crazy. and, and, you know, my book came out, my, I, uh, my book came out of a, of a busted Thanksgiving dinner where I brought up nine 11, which uh, was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and once you do that, man, you watch everyone turn on you. Uh, I got a, I got a very good lesson in how that is what the reaction is to that, to some, it, you know, to somebody bringing up this really uncomfortable truth and also to be to be honest, I didn't have, I didn't have my argument together in a way that really backed up my, my point that well. Um, my argument about it has gotten much better, but this was something that happened in like 2006. Right. So, um, you know, this, this was a, um, you know, I, I learned that, that a lot of people will, will push back hard against you in your families and things like that. If you, if you have these, unconventional beliefs and it's a shame because after a while of doing that you just realize there's no point talking to them and something shuts off in you and it's it's it it sucks but it 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 happens for a lot of us so if there's people out there watching or listening to this and you're feeling like they're frustrated with trying to connect with people uh don't feel alone you know because most of us have had those interactions as well where we've tried to passionately and 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 aggressively and positively uh try and make our point about some of these these topics only to be like totally dismissed and marginalized by people that have done zero research at all Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel kind of bad you know you're fine you kind of go like okay, well, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to wake up to this, then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bother you with it. But, it, but it sucks, though, because it makes you feel like, well, there's an aspect of my life that I can't communicate with them. I can't, I can't talk with to them about that. So I'll talk to them about baseball, and football, <laughs> things like yeah. that, which I am, I'm more than happy to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about you know, the military pays the NFL to do all that stars mm-hmm. and stripes shit yep. <laughs> and the camouflage yeah. just so, you know, I'm not going to, I can't do that because then everyone will go, they'll look at me like, will you shut the fuck up about yeah. this? You know, so I, I have to keep Kinda it. Keep it to yourself. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I totally get it. It's, I'm the conspiracy person in my family, you know, I'm like the main one. So I just kind of like, there's some people within my family that I can speak with here and there nothing too crazy some i can speak with everything and you know they don't care because they're on the same page but others are just like oh shit here he goes again right but i get it you know a lot of people they don't want to know and i get it you know we're all busy you know before this you know work you got kids and there's all kinds of things to do and maybe some of them just don't have time or what am i going to do about it yeah but yeah exactly well you know what can i do about it like what do you mean what can you do about it like let's all talk about it and let's yeah. get shit rolling and maybe we can do something about it in the future yeah. it's but it's you like do a podcast yeah hey man we're just here hanging out <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i think i was i was speaking with somebody else prior to this um and i was just like man i'm i was getting sick of people not talking about what i wanted to talk about so i was just like okay man let's just start something up and you know we'll see who we can speak with about these things and boom we started rolling so yeah. we got the whole month booked and it's we're just, you know, we're on a roll. It's just how it goes. 
<laughs> and you know what you've probably discovered, which is the same thing I discovered from writing a book and then doing a podcast, is that there is a lot. There are a lot of people out there that that they just don't want to be lied to anymore. They just want to hear you talk about things that are authentic and real, and that you can back up with proof. And it, they 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 don't care where they get the information. They just want good information, good solid that they can then take and then use in their lives and make decisions on and and everything. But it's like. The, the frustration for me with the coronavirus situation is, is, is that all of the information that came out about it has been contradicted. So you don't know where to stand. You don't have good information. Someone will bring up, well, masks do this. And then you can bring up an argument and say, masks don't do that. You know? And so you know, people are like, ah, just give me the truth. Just give, me the, give it to me straight. You know, I'll don't, if it's bad, I'll take it. If it's good, you know, that's fine too. But, but just give it, give me the truth and then let me make the decisions uh, based on that. But they don't get that. They don't get that in the mainstream media. They don't get that from their government. And so they go out and they search for it because not because they think they're going to figure out how the world totally works from top to bottom, but just because they want to have some truth in their life that they can then anchor their understanding of reality to and then make decisions in their life moving forward like you know what whether i want to vaccinate my kids or how i want to engage with their school or whether i want to do you know whatever you know so it you, you just you know shows like yours and hopefully shows like mine which is macro aggressions that you can find on YouTube, apple spotify, spotify yeah. iheart radio yeah. youtube uh, i'm on david ike's uh, channel I, yeah. I iconic his platform there nice. and uh so, you know, people can go there and they can find to- topics, you know, about a variety of things and people that I'm interviewing, just like you're doing that, that, that have it, that have an understanding of one particular niche that I would like David Rodriguez, like I just talked to him a couple of days ago and did that interview with him. And it's like, I would know none of this. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, I couldn't know it be, the way he does because he works in it. So, so I think people like that, that when you get somebody on that has a, a deep understanding of a topic isn't trying to necessarily sell you anything. I mean, they're not, you know, maybe they're selling you a book, but I mean, they're not trying to, to convince you to do some, some, there's no nefarious plan here, but so, you know, we we're like looking for these people that we can get, gather information from to help us with our worldview. And it's like, it's harder and harder to find them. And of course we watch YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all silencing people that are coming out and talking about these alternative things that makes you scratch your head and go, why are you silencing this information? If it's so crazy, or we're silencing this because it's preposterous. Well, if it's preposterous, then who would believe it anyway? What's the harm in it being out there? So, so they're silencing a lot of alternative voices and it has a, it has a damaging effect to, to us as a society because we're just getting, when you get less information, the, opportunity for it to be corrupted is much greater and that's that's where we are right now the information we're getting is is very heavily influenced and corrupted and and and, you know and so people are out searching for it which is the reason why you have a podcast that's doing well because people are out looking for it and you're providing it and 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 by the way for, for free yeah greatest deal in entertainment podcasts you can go get as many of them as you want for free i mean geez yeah what a what a bargain yeah, that's great. I mean, I I started it, you know, I was getting sick and tired. Like I, like I said, I, I don't see anybody. I was getting sick of waiting for people to, you know, to fix things, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not here saying that I'm going to fix all these things just because we're 
speaking about it, you know, whatever, but it at least brings up the conversation and at least yeah. plants the seed in people's heads. Yeah. Like these things are going on, even though you don't know about them, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're not actually not happening. And like you said, we don't have all the answers, but there's probably things out there that we still don't know about yet that are yeah. actually going on behind our back, you know, which is hopefully not anything too serious. Like yeah. in the next two or three years, we're going to find some kind of shit that was going on behind our backs during this time. I mean, if anything more serious is going to happen, this would be the year, obviously, because bring on the aliens. This shit's gone <laughs> this, this point. Yeah, this I'm you know ready this for it. we you know murder hornets. Yeah, um, I mean, coronavirus, murder hornets. They got the bubonic <laughs> plague that's happening now in China. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, that's good. Way too. Oh, yeah. It's, I can't wait for the, the spontaneous diarrhea virus that goes around and just gets, I mean, it, it, but I feel like if we, you know, if we can get through 2020, we can, we can, hopefully I think we can get through anything. It's through a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely ridiculous. And we're just kind of bracing to see what else is going to happen. I mean, hopefully yeah. God forbid nothing else too serious happens before the elections, which is kind of their point on that full blitz, you know, free and full course, but, full court press right now because of the yeah. you know the whole thing here and i think it's gonna something big hopefully not it's gonna happen before the elections it's it's got to hit maybe a little bit afterwards but you know this is the what, year what if here, this is just me talking nonsense but what yeah. if what if the whole coronavirus situation was a ploy to keep everybody in their homes so that they, they wouldn't so that joe biden wouldn't be able to go out and do debates and do, yeah. go out and do fundraising and all that stuff because he's ready he's on his last leg i mean i don't think that's the case but i sure. mean it would be but it's like anything uh, possible I do, right now <laughs> i do understand that the government is so fucking nuts that they they are liable to do just about anything but i i'm i'm just i'm i'm kind of kidding about that stuff but but uh but i do i do i do fear i do fear about the um the election yeah. uh, about what's coming that that neither side will believe the results they'll say you cheated you you're yeah. the russians for you and so, you know again so whatever happens um both sides will 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 claim that the other side was cheating and that'll of course set off this you know even more division between us not like we don't have a, a, enough mm -hmm. already and that that plays of course right into the hands of the people controlling us where they get us all divided into black lives matter. No, no, white lives matter. I wear a mask. No, I don't wear a mask or Republican, Democrats, rich, poor, black, white, all this stuff, just fighting with each other yeah. just over these petty things that don't matter, that shouldn't matter when we really should all be collectively coming together and focusing on them because they're the ones doing this. They're the real problem. I don't have a problem with the black community at all. Mm -hmm. They probably shouldn't have, they shouldn't have a problem with me, but the television tells us all to be on edge with each other, which yeah. is, you know, just keeps you in this really shitty, low vibrational state of being that's very unappealing to people. And, um, and that's by design too. You know, that yeah. if we're all harmonious, they can't keep control of us. If, if, you know, but, but keeping us fighting and bickering with each other, it, it's a distraction technique that they do very well. And it is, it is specifically to keep you watching the show and not watching the, the puppeteers pulling the strings. And I know that that sounds like, Oh, very convenient. These, <laughs> these unnamed people up in the, you know, in the rafters controlling this world, but this yeah. is how it actually works. Yep. There is a lot of that going on. The people that are really in charge of shit are the people are the names and the in organizations that you 
never heard of, you've never even thought of. So, um, so maybe, maybe 2020, you know, uh, is the introduction for a lot of people to the reality that there are some people that are, that are involved in controlling this world that have a very, uh, dark agendas mm-hmm. and that they are, they need us to fight with each other, uh, constantly. And in, on some levels, we are kind of participating in this by, by being a part of, of these divisive, uh, cultural revolutions that are that come out of nowhere magically and then divide the country once again so um you know maybe one day maybe one day uh people will all kind of wake up and realize that we have a whole lot more in common with each other than we do with these psychos that are running our our world and that if we come together we've got the numbers they cannot do anything they cannot run this world as long as we remember that we do not have to comply with unjust orders. We, we live our lives like that as a society where we do not comply with things that go against our soul, then, you know, the world t- tends to be a much better place with, without that. So I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't know that I'm super optimistic. Um, yeah. The propaganda is strong here. Yeah. And, Very and, strong. and one, and one last thing I would like to add for, for people that, that, because I think it's a it's a important point that never I don't hear it getting being made uh, publicly very often is that um, in 2012 Barack Obama passed the Smith Modernization Act of 2012, mm-hmm. which legalized propaganda inside the United States to be used on Americans. Yep. So when you are watching the news and you are wondering if you're getting the truth or not, just keep that in the back of your mind. They didn't, the Smith Munt Act was started in 1947. It was not set to expire. It would have gone on preventing propaganda in perpetuity. They specifically went in and changed the laws in 2012 to legalize it. Now, let's be honest. They've been lying to us. They've been using propaganda on us for a long, long time. So it's not like it just started then. But just understand that they would not have taken the step to make that legal if they didn't intend to use it. So the problem becomes how much of the information that we get on a daily basis is part of that propaganda. They don't have to identify it. We'll never know. It's part of the information sausage that goes in and comes out, you know, and you, you don't know what part of that sausage is real and what part is the propaganda. So, so it's just something for people to remember as well, that, that, that they legalized lying to us. I remember. Therefore, yeah. expect some lies. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was shoot, 2012. I was in the military during that time. I remember that specifically when that happened. Uh, every, I mean, you didn't hear anything about it. Obviously, it was after that. Every time you, you know, you would bring didn't it up. Didn't hear it on the media. No, you didn't hear anything about it, and it's nope. it's still something you never hear about. And everybody's just like, ah, well, it's not a big deal. It's, I mean, ah, it's a huge deal, man. It's a huge deal. Everything that's happening nowadays is. No, I'm not going to say it's directly because of that but that had a huge part you know yeah but you but you because because they don't have to identify it and they put it out with the rest of their information with a straight face um then it's up to us to determine what part of that is 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 truth and what part of it is is lies and it's very difficult it's very difficult because you know these are professional liars you've got the media they're professional liars and the cia that infiltrated them through operation mockingbird in the 60s 
they are the best liars in the world. So we're Cooper. <laughs> we we are automatically at a severe disadvantage when it comes to sorting through this because they're using tricks on us that we haven't even considered, you know? So, so it's a very, you know, it's just, it's important for people to have as much knowledge as they can about some of the steps that have, that have been made, some of the things that have taken place recently um, that might impact how you see 2020. And knowing that, knowing about the Smith Modernization Act of 2012, right. something that happened eight years ago, you might not connect the two. But if you remember that they they made that, you know, they, they changed that law, then it has to be something now that you think about when it comes to all the information coming out. You you know, and it could be the truth. You're getting all the truth, but I doubt it. You know, it's it's got to there's got to be some some propaganda in there. Uh, as well. And, and what a shitty thing to do to people because we, we, we associate that with North Korea mm. and we know, Oh, those dummies or Russia. Oh, they didn't know anything. What a bunch of dopes. They didn't realize they were getting propaganda. We're getting the same stuff. Yeah. We get it on our TV. We're just as dopey as the Russians were in the seventies and eighties when they didn't realize that they were being lied to like the same things happening to us. We just think we're better than them. We, yeah. we think it's not happening, which is, which is obviously a, a huge problem, but, uh, yeah. but, but that's, that's the, the world we live in right now. Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping that we make it to Christmas. That's all I'm waiting yeah, me for. Too. <laughs> so I was talking to my son about that yesterday. He was like, can we go start going outside yet? And I was like, no, nah, bro. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, we have to stay inside. It's not blah, blah. I mean, when we go out and stuff like that, and he's just like, is, uh, is it almost time for Christmas? And I was like, yeah, man, we need it. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it as well. And hopefully we make it to 2021 and everything starts to clear up, but, I hope so. It's definitely a lot of people are going to start going crazy here. If we, you know, if we're still on the same path like this. So it's pretty well. I hope that everybody, you know, I hope that everybody has, you know, has a good sense of humor about some yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> has the ability to laugh about so that's because some of it is just so preposterous. We're going to need our, we're going to need our sense of humor to get through this. And we're going to need each other too. We're going to need yeah. to. Um, to support each other and, and communicate uh, about some important issues that, that, that are affecting us. And, and so I, I hope that people will take, you know, shows like this and share it and try and get, get the information out to as many people as you can. It's doesn't, doesn't, doesn't require much effort on, on somebody's part to take a, a show and, and share it out to people. So I hope they do um, yeah. because um because well because we can't count on the algorithms to do it for us for one and uh this information is super valuable to us but uh it paints the establishment in a very bad light and so of course they have no incentive to promote that so it's up to us the listeners and you know and i'm a yeah i'm a podcast host but i'm a podcast listener as well you know i'm 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 a geek into all this stuff so so um it's one of the easiest things we can do is try and share awareness and don't worry if somebody thinks you're nuts. It's fine. No, I stopped worrying about that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. No, we're way past that little time frame. but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast this past weekend before then, like I said, I picked up your book as well about two yeah. weeks ago and, and oh, I read thanks. through it. Um, my problem is I, I kind of pick up, a lot of things all at once. So I started picking up one book and then I got your book and started reading at the same time. And then I started reading another one and I run back and yeah. forth and it's, 
a lot of information, but it's extremely important and everybody should definitely pick it up. I mean, I, um, you, now you have the podcast as well. Um, yeah. Before we go, can you kind of just let everybody know where they can find you online yep. as well as the book? Yeah. The, so the book is called The Octopus of Global Control. Uh, it's been called like the conspiracy encyclopedia or the conspiracy Bible or whatever. I don't know. I, I didn't set out to, to do that with it, but it's, right. uh, it's a monster of a book. Um, they can get it on Amazon. They can get it on barnesandnoble.com. Uh, but you can, if you like the digital version, you can just get it at my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. I have, um, you donate like 10 bucks of, through PayPal. I send you uh, two different versions of it and you can, you can read it. You can share it with your friends. I don't, I don't, I don't care if you do that. Um, and my, my um, podcast is Macroaggressions. It's available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and Iconic. And got a new book coming out pretty soon with uh, Jeff Berwick from the Dollar Vigilante, where we get into some, uh, oh man, we get into some madness. (laughs) So uh, when that, when that's out, I'll come back on with you. (laughs) That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother hour and a half. So, uh, uh, but yeah, and and Twitter, I'm on there. I mean, I'm on there for as long as I'm on there. I've already been kicked off once, but you can find me at macroaggression. Um, so, uh, yeah, check it out. And, you know, if you like the podcast, uh, you can connect with me through the website as well. If you've got questions or comments or whatever, I'm pretty accessible. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, definitely. We'll also go ahead and link, um, you know, all the website, uh, you know, the book, the podcast and everything as well to these episodes. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. It's going to be down below. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go ahead and get, you know, the word out and we'll definitely be looking forward to that new book. Um, you know, when that comes out, I'll, I'll go ahead and reach out to you after that. But um, yeah, it's called the yeah. Contro- demolition of the American empire. And okay. Jeff uh, Berwick is the founder of the dollar vigilante and also right. in Acapulco, which is the largest anarchist con- convention in the world that deals with a lot of cryptocurrency and health and wellness. And so he, he's a ex Canadian living in Acapulco, Mexico, that is just a, he's, he's on it, man. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was great to, to work with Jeff on that. And, and when that's out, I'll, I'll make sure to come back on and give yeah. you the lowdown. Absolutely. We'll be looking forward to it. But um, Mr. Robinson, I really appreciate your time. And oh, for fuck's sake, here, please do not call me Mr. Robinson. Oh, my Charlie. bad, my bad. Charlie, Charlie, I appreciate it. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, I appreciate it, yeah. No, yeah, we really appreciate your time and everything. Um, like I said, we'll go ahead and link, you know, the website and the book and everything down below. Um, for everybody else that's out there, you guys go ahead and go on Spotify and everywhere else you can find podcasts. You can find his podcast as well. Um, like I said, if you guys are watching this on YouTube as well, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that like button and the bell icon as well. That'll really help. Um, on the go, like I said, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Ad Defender Podcast, Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast. Um, and like I mentioned before, if you guys want to send us an email about any kind of questions you have for myself, our guests, or any kind of topics, you know, that you want to recommend, you can find us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. So uh, I really appreciate you guys coming out for another episode, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Have a great one. Bye.